Thanks, Tim. I appreciate you having me. And I would uh, just begin saying uh, a great deal of sympathy for Ms. Benson and her family. Uh, I've experienced people camping in my yard, sleeping on my porch and breaking into my house. And I know how disconcerting and alarming it is when you feel a violation of the place where you take care of your family and you live your life. Um, and, and so I, I want to make that clear. Uh, it's, it's an uncomfortable circumstance to be in, uh, dramatically so. Um, and I think Danielle kind of rightfully recognizes that there are sort of systemic aspects to this. Um, you know, just, there's no single component to challenges of homelessness and addiction and poverty. Um, and as public policymakers, we have to bring a full toolbox to the party. Um, you know, we can't have any single solution. Uh, I'd be lying if I said that, you know, there was one thing we could do, and that was going to be the thing that, that eradicated this problem for us forever. Um, but, in fact, we've got to think from a preventative front, um, and we've got to think in terms of a variety of responses. Well, one thing that might have prevented this, uh, Danielle Benson says she's done the legwork on this. And in this specific case, this specific woman, I think Danielle Benson mentions five separate cases in which she had been arrested. If she had remained incarcerated on any of those charges, some of which I gather included things like simple assault, if she were in jail, she would not have been in a position to break into Danielle Benson's house. Well, I'm I'm not uh, aware of the history of this individual's series of cases. Uh, I will say, talking systemically, though, um, one of the things that I think is probably not recognized as as much as it might be is that jailing somebody isn't always the solution if you want to limit further activity. Um, There's been a wealth of uh, research and understanding in the last several years that, in fact, in many cases, jailing actually yields more activity. You, You get more recidivism as in the short term. Uh, and in the longer term. And so uh, is jail sometimes the solution? Yes. Um, but, but is jail the sort of one tool that you need to bring to every case? Uh, distinctly not. So, uh, again, uh, I don't know about this specific case or the specific history of this individual. Um, the other thing I would make clear is that the police officers on the scene, as well as the solicitor who prosecutes misdemeanors, have a, a full array of options in front of them. So every officer can make an arrest or can direct somebody through pre-arrest diversion. And then all of those cases are reviewed by the solicitor's office. Okay, so there are, Mayor Kelly Gertz, there are no such marching orders per se. Those officers were not forbidden by the mayor and commission from making an arrest in that case? Correct. Now, what would happen, and I mean, we can easily spin yarns and, and, and scenarios and, and turn this into a much more frightening situation than it turned out to be. Thankfully, nobody heard in this case, Danielle Benson and family, they were away while all this was going on. But it's easy for any of us to imagine ourselves in this circumstance. We either are at home or we come home and we find this happening and dangerous things can happen. What is what is the method for dealing with that i mean there's a lot of folks who say they've armed themselves for this specific purpose we don't want i wouldn't think people shooting each other what's the what's the commission position what's city hall's position on this no certainly not i mean we we would absolutely recommend that you call 911 i mean you don't know about the nature of the individual you want a response and a professional response and we've got a great police force who really does have at their disposal this sort of array of uh, responses, and so you you want somebody there other than just you or your spouse or your kids. 
and then so I would continue to ask you to call the police department. And, you know, at the police department, what we've done is set up a series of uh, responses, uh, including creating the co-responder unit. So if somebody does have uh, a mental health challenge or behavioral health challenge, we've got trained professionals who know how to respond to, to those things. And those folks um, are just minutes away, but my problem is immediate. I've got this person in my home. I don't know what their capacity is. I don't know what they're armed with. I don't know what their mental facilities are. I, I'm, I'm dealing mm-hmm. with a situation, that, that old thing I know you've heard before, when, when trouble is seconds away, police are minutes away. Sure. I, I, you know, I, w- I would generally say to somebody, you know, withdraw if at all possible. Um, you know, if you arrive uh, and you're driving up in your vehicle and you see somebody on your front porch, probably pull past your house and call the police from there. Um, and obviously, every individual circumstance is going to come with contours that, you know, we can't even imagine right now. Mayor Kelly Gertz with us. I want to circle back to this case. Uh, this woman, this homeless woman, we are led to understand was taken by police back to the, this homeless encampment out on Jefferson Road, I think she said. Uh, and, and they're dropped off right in the middle of all the drug and the other activity that takes place there. Uh, is, is that optimal in any way? Is that preferable to incarceration? Uh, certainly it's, it's not preferable to a whole range of things that we'd want to see. One of the policy and funding recommendations that I've made to the commission actually just in recent weeks is that we take some of the next round of CARES Act funds that we'll be receiving from the state to look at some permanent indoor uh, sort of apartment style homeless dwellings uh, taking an approach that Albuquerque and Austin and Nashville and others have taken uh, toward a housing first regimen where you get somebody stable so they've got a place to sleep, they've got a place to bathe, and then you can handle any behavioral health or any addiction needs that, that exist. Um, so broadly, that's where we need to be going. Uh, we know that as an urban community like Macon, like Augusta, like Savannah, like Atlanta, uh, and so many others, you know, we draw everybody. We draw people looking for entertainment. We draw people for educational resources. And we draw people who have... Um, who have those challenges, uh, who are homeless and who have addictions, um, because there's a lot of stuff in cities. Uh, very quickly, like less than a minute left here, Mayor Kelly Gertzen, shifting gears quickly. Your reaction to the latest report, the latest data, coronavirus data from the University of Georgia, a significant spike in COVID cases over the past week. Uh, yes, th- there has been. I mean, now um, now is a really challenging time for Athens, much like Statesboro and Milledgeville. We've got these cases and, you know, clearly associated with college life and and college students and obviously concerning for the rest of the community. Uh, An eight-year-old son who's at the dining room table now getting ready for his second grade lessons in front of a computer. And the more these cases remain high, you know, the more we won't be able to get back to the live in-person K-12 instruction that we want, the more we won't be able to have uh, future entertainment activities as, as soon as we would like. And obviously the more that, you know, we often see the death rate follow the rising case rate. And so that, that's what I'm most concerned about right now. Uh, Mayor Kelly Gertz, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Thanks, Tim.